This is episode 78 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, One CEO's Struggle Against His Glass Door Reviews. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show. And thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. No guests today, just us chickens, but that's all right. I thought we'd look at this weird thing I ran across and see what you think. This article in Quillette caught my eye, and the title was, Glass Door is Broken. And uh, just as a little teaser here, I'm planning on having someone from Glass Door on the show soon. So I took note of this article. When I started to read it, it appeared to be kind of this long complaint about company reviews on Glassdoor. You know, that's the website where employees and former employees can go online and talk about the pros and cons of the company that they worked for or work for. And the writer of this article, it turns out, was complaining about reviews of his company. And in fact, many of the reviews were apparently critical of him as CEO, which was kind of weird. I'm not going to identify this guy. He doesn't need any more bad press, and you can find him if you're interested in tracking him down. His company is a venture-backed tech company in Washington, D.C., which is a little strange. And he's the founder and a former engineering professor and was a muckety-muck in the VA administration, more of a government guy. But things in the article kind of start out okay. He says... I fully and enthusiastically support transparency, including for private companies like my own. The problem is that literally anybody can lob a reputational bomb online, and it can be as devastating and career-threatening as any other kind of exploitative or maliciously opportunistic behavior, including those of unsavory leaders who deserve exposure. Okay, my two cents here. So reputational bomb isn't really a thing. And I would argue that the power structure here isn't quite the same between an anonymous poster and a CEO, in particular this CEO who is apparently important enough or thinks he's important enough to have a Wikipedia article written about him. But okay, he's mad about some reviews. Then things go kind of sideways, and he implies that woe is him. He's had to make tough decisions, and when people are upset, he says, Glassdoor can become a repository for bitterness, resentment, and frustration. So it kind of sounds like he's making the old, oh, it's just a disgruntled former employee argument. And I just have to say, when will leadership stop trying to discredit critics with that? When? When, I ask you. Now he says this, and here we start to see some issues. He says, we now know that web-based argument unleashes some low-brained aggression. Low-brained aggression. You got that? Replete with language and behavior that are mostly modulated in live exchanges. 
And then he goes on to say, this particularly destructive virus of societal DNA now extends to the workplace. Sometimes a soon-to-be former employee will negotiate a generous severance, even ask for a recommendation, or pretend that this is merely a low point in an otherwise good relationship just before they, or an outraged colleague, write a scathing denunciation on Glassdoor. Now it sounds like he's apparently mad that he might have been deceived by someone who then went on to write a review. Well, welcome to grown-up life. But, he says, reviews can be informative and we must protect what he calls whistleblowers. He says, in his best-selling book, Bad Blood, John Carreyrou revealed that the then-president of Theranos successfully demanded Glassdoor remove harsh reviews about him. There are two obvious problems here. First, $700 million can buy a lot of manipulated media, as it did for Theranos. Second, in that particular instance, the criticisms were, in hindsight, on the mark. The difference is that their executive was secretive and abrasive. Most senior leaders are open, at least internally, because that's the best way to build trust, loyalty, and commitment in any relationship. Okay, we'll see about that. He then goes on to say, I struggle with the difficult and ubiquitous tensions between work quality and employee turnover. Yada, yada, I can't read all this for you. You'll go crazy. Patience, reciprocal commitment. I still seek a graceful way to navigate the harshness of today's public rhetoric and misaligned expectations that demand instant allegiance or faceless assignment to a tribe. I strive to avoid the echo chamber of self-reinforcing views born of perception and feelings instead of perspective and fact. Sounds a bit more of the bit of woe is me, but sounds like he's trying. All right, let's take a look at some of these reviews because, of course, I had to go read them. There are 29 on Glassdoor, and they result in a score of 2.4 out of 5, which is unusually low. Some reviews imply that other reviews have been taken down, but Glassdoor says on their page, your trust is our top concern, so companies can't alter or remove reviews. My guess is maybe Mr. CEO tried to get them taken down and maybe was successful. Anyway, the ones that remain paint a slightly different picture of our poor CEO, but I'll read a few and I'll let you decide. The first one is from 2016. It's titled, Unreal Turnover, Unhealthy Work Environment. Says the pros, the office space is lovely, the location easily accessible, lots of scheduling, flexibility, and it's a late start, pay and benefits are good. Assuming that you don't get fired or quit quickly, which is very likely, the people who work here are extremely well-educated and accomplished. Cons. There's absolutely no job security, regardless of how talented or accomplished you are. You can get hired for any reason at any time, and many people are here just for a couple of months. If you do or say anything that is not absolutely perfect, pack your bags. There's a clear lack of good or even decent managerial abilities. Feedback on work is often hurtful and destructive rather than constructive, and the CEO does not shy away from demeaning personal insults. Working here takes a serious toll on your mental health, and even the most thick-skinned people will be driven to tears at some point, guaranteed. It is not a healthy work environment by any means. You will not grow personally or professionally working here. 
and and there's a place for advice to management. And this poster says any advice to management would fall on deaf ears. Advice to potential employees, please stay away. Uh, There's another one here, startup culture for better or worse. Pros, uh, the greatest strength is by far extremely talented employees, collaborative organization. I'm kind of editing as I go here. Coworkers help me improve. Mentorship are great. Work we do is interesting, stimulating. Cons, as mentioned in some of the other reviews, uh, this company is not a cakewalk. It's a startup. We have to produce excellent work. There's no room to rest on our laurels. Stress levels can be high. Uh, other days are less intense. Uh, this isn't for anyone who wants to surf the web all day or expect a 30-hour work week. And yes, that's reflected in some of the negative reviews. Yes, perfect is the standard. It's a very tough standard to achieve. Even for those who didn't continue working, management's committed to finding a good fit somewhere else. And it's true of everyone who's left the company. Have there been days I want to scream and rip my hair out? Sure. But I've never been at a job where I've been more excited about getting up and going to work every day. Please don't let the bitter reviews deter you from this incredible opportunity. Which is a very weird thing to say at this point, because at this point, there's only been one review before this one. So that's very odd. It's got some advice to management. Then there's another also from April 2016, love my job, love my team. And then in the middle of that says, and to address the elephant in the room, no, no one agrees with absolutely every decision that's made. I won't speak for those who have chosen to leave, but I can say lots of us here deeply enjoy. Aha. So then there came the backlash in May. They called their review high stress environment. Some of the positive reviews have it right. There are lots of perks to working at company most of which are pretty common amongst big and small companies in this day and age. Great location, flexible vacation, decent pay. Cons. I held back on writing a review until I saw the overly positive reviews that looked like they were written by senior management, probably by direction of the CEO. When I worked there, the company had a laughably high turnover rate, which, as others have pointed out, was largely due to the CEO's management style. The hostile work environment is not one that I felt I could learn and grow in. Advice to management. Place barriers between the CEO and junior employees and you may be able to decrease the turnover rate. That or add an employee benefit of counseling. Another one from May. CEO is ruining company. Uh, and the pros it mentions its location. Uh, lots of snacks. Projects are interesting. Pays pretty good. Hmm. Although it says I did not make even close to the amount that was advertised for the job. Interesting. It says flexible schedule was pretty nice. Really talented and wonderful coworkers. Cons. I walked into a meet on my first day, excited to ready to work on the impressive projects I'd heard about in my interview. Within a month, I was already unhappy working there. By the time I decided to leave, I dreaded reading any email from the CEO and coming into work every day. The CEO is the worst thing about company, which is unfortunate because he makes it very clear he doesn't plan on selling the company or changing anytime soon. He creates an unnecessarily stressful work environment by setting unrealistic expectations for perfection given quick and frequently changing deadlines, which wouldn't be as bad if he held himself to the same standards. Unexpectedly, working nights and weekends is pretty standard, and all caps, urgent, and or angry emails are not uncommon. 
To give you a further idea of atmosphere, the employees would talk about being on the CEO's warpath. You would be fine for a couple weeks, then make one small mistake, and for the next week or so, everything you did would be scrutinized. Make any mistake during that time, and you'd expect, you should expect to be talked down to at the least, if not yelled at outright. Verbal abuse is often personal and demeaning and happens both in person and via more all-caps emails. Company has responded to other negative reviews here by saying that the employees can express their concerns anytime, but I found this to be untrue firsthand. After putting in my notice, the CEO barely even made eye contact with me, let alone attempting to talk with me about why I was leaving. I would chalk it up to apathy, except that he did go behind my back and ask my coworkers if they knew why I was leaving. It should also be noted that the one to two stars on here are very poorly received on the CEO's end to the review that he pressures current employees to find out who wrote them, and a couple have been taken down by their posters even in the time since I've left. Ah, that might explain the one where I saw there was only one negative review. And rather than address the problems mentioned in the poor reviews, there's a lot of pressure from the CEO for current employees to write good reviews since the company is trying to bring more people onto their team. In fact, I only felt compelled to write this review after reading three good reviews posted within a couple days of each other, clearly guided by the pressure to get some good reviews up. It's unnecessarily insulting and dishonest to say that people who have written bad reviews are lazy or that we were naive enough to expect a 30-hour work week at any tech company, but especially a startup which never claimed to have less than 40-hour weeks. I left because I was constantly stressed and unhappy, and looking through the reviews, I'm certainly not the only one. Until the CEO steps down or starts treating people better, I would avoid even considering applying here. And then address to management. This advice is completely directed to the CEO, since all other management was great, although they are quickly dwindling. First, take more of the bad reviews to heart. We have no reason to lie about how unbearable you are to work with, especially those of us who left of our own accord. Second, reconsider your management style. You hire really talented people and then you degrade them by openly yelling at them in front of other employees and attacking them verbally and in writing. You'll probably see this next to the good reviews and think things can't be so bad. But look at how you are mentioned in every single bad review, and yet you are not mentioned once in any of the three good reviews posted so far. It'll be interesting to see if those get revised or how future reviews start to look. The work company does is incredibly interesting, but the type of work environment you've got going so far is not sustainable, and you will only continue to lose good talent if you keep it up. Okay, now I want to go back to our article to see if Mr. CEO can defend himself. He talks about having some sessions about implicit bias and inclusion, and in later reviews, he's accused of being especially mean to women, and maybe we'll have time to talk about that later. He says, yes, these inclusion sessions were insufficient to turn the tide, and the glass door reviews became more vituperative, destructive, and vindictive. It is difficult not to take such attacks personally. I've also read the reviews of other CEOs I admire and respect and think to myself, that's ridiculous, or that's hilarious, knowing that they fume about theirs like I, in parentheses, used to fume about mine. Used to? And you're reading Glassdoor reviews of other CEOs? Okay, now I have to say something. 
Guy, if you are spending your time reading reviews of other CEOs, you do, in fact, have a problem. Your employees should not have to point that out to you. You need to be working, building your team, building a culture. You're supposed to be the grown-up. And maybe he did get his way, because then there were some pretty positive reviews in 2016. Challenging, but no more than any tech startup, flexibility and variety, and one called The Ideal Company, which ended with, I don't feel it's my place to advise management. They seem aware of the problems and are taking steps to implement improvements and solutions and know the score better than I do. So maybe that's Mr. CEO's ideal employee there. There were no reviews in 2017. And then in 2018, bam, the CEO is a megalomaniac. Pros. The non-executive employees are great, intelligent, thoughtful people. Cons. While most of the lower-level employees are truly great people, the CEO is one of the worst people I've ever worked with. He's a mediocre talent but thinks he's a brilliant person surrounded by lessers. He harasses everyone around him endlessly to the detriment of the company culture and profitability. He has poor self-control with employees, and it results in a lot of abusive language. Turnover at all levels is high. The board is stocked with the CEO cronies, who are very connected politically, who will never fire him despite his obviously poor performance. If they were ever going to, they would have. This DC company has evolved into a beltway bandit and so will probably continue to sputter along. The CEO obsesses over glass door reviews, mainly bad ones have been taken down somehow, and harangues current employees to write them. The positive reviews are mostly, if not all, fake and were written at his insistence. Do not be deceived. Advice to management. Resign. The stock you own will become more valuable. Read some books about how to productively communicate with people. Stop comparing yourself to famous product company leaders. Steve Jobs was a huge jerk is not an excuse. You are not Steve Jobs. Stop calling people in the middle of the night when it's not an emergency. Stop bad-mouthing former employees to current ones. People are not fooled. I was then shocked to see that the CEO himself responded to this posting by saying, candidates are sincerely welcome to bring up negative perceptions or reviews at their interview. We're happy to address any concerns. Our focus is on integrity, teamwork, and excellence. So I guess it's kind of a nothing to see here, move along. He doesn't even respond to the criticism. He just talks sort of over the review to potential future employees. Which, I mean, I guess what, what could come up from bringing up those reviews is, well, what are you going to say? Oh, sure, they're accurate. Of course not. So the candidate's just going to be told, oh, no, everything's fine. So why bring it up? The whole thing seems like a giant waste of time. And also, what nonsense to say your focus is on teamwork. Your focus is clearly on Glassdoor reviews. And based on the article that was just published yesterday, it's still focused on Glassdoor reviews. Okay, more reviews fly in in 2018. One person says, this story could end in two ways. And he says, the pros, lots of young people, no real guidance, free food. Cons, as small as company is, it's very political with backstabbing encouraged, at least as a means of survival. Engagements are mostly body shop, pet projects for the VA, and other, quote, friends of CEO. Look who's been here, how long, and why they left. There's a lot of turnover. Middle management is a charade. CEO is, well, the CEO. He says, read other reviews. 
advice, please, please learn to delegate, megalomania and micromanagement, plus destroying people's feelings isn't professional. And there are two positive reviews, great people and great work, says company is starting to bring in middle management and also great company. And then September, uh, this review is titled, Wears You Out, Difficult for Women. Expect turnover in management at the high levels. Company has gone through more senior management than it can count. No one can work with the CEO for very long without quitting or being told to quit. Expect outside of business hour work or frantic emails or calls. This doubles for women who are singled out and critiqued by the CEO. Verbal abuse, being told you'll never be good enough in a culture of fear, has pressed people to the point of tears or leaving the company. That theme will recur. But let's go back to Mr. CEO's argument by the defense. I mean, it's article. He writes, If there are current or future team members who, based on rumor, isolated incident, innuendo, or perception, believe that there is a concealed systemic pattern of deliberate subjugation, then we will assume a fundamental disconnect between leadership's values and theirs. What? So now it's their fault, the people who are complaining? That's kind of incredible. But wait, there's more. He moves into these long paragraphs now, basically, that are saying our culture is overly sensitive. He says, when there's a 3.5% unemployment, fragile response to criticism, higher trust and emotion over intent or outcome, and latent mistrust of management, people are going to complain. Then he goes on to say, people like the reviewers don't care about the truth. Ferocity can blind activists to the very people who might otherwise stand with them. Their righteousness squelches discussion, exploration, persuasion, and debate. The new digerati convict and cancel in a kangaroo court of tweeted public opinion and anonymous reviews, a speedy way to obviate a lot of messy details, context, reflection, and understanding institutionalized promotion of hypersensitivity to the perceived impact of disagreement, which begins in our schools, is a destructive social pathogen. Uh, he, says, he goes on to say, there's no recourse, no learning, and no consequence to the immiserated nameless if they are wrong. Never mind insincere. Okay, well, you tell me if these additional reviews sound insincere. Do not apply. Do not stay. A portion of the surveys here say it, said it. The difference in men's and women's experience is high. There is poor work-life balance unless you're a chosen few. The CEO shouts at employees who commit the smallest error, like utilizing a comma wrong. And there's no space for mistake or development. Many people want to leave. This year, about a fifth of the organization all left along these lines, and it's not making strides to fix the problem because accountability for the CEO is a sham. Then some people brought politics into it. And this one was titled, If Donald Trump Had a D.C. Chop Shop. Uh, so the pros are some people are nice, free food, flexible hours if they like you. Many people, women, who are at risk of being fired are always working 50-plus hours a week. Cons, I can confirm what's been said. I witnessed multiple people most of them women made to cry or be publicly humiliated in the office because of management. They then quit or were fired for things that are, were not their fault. The CEO behaves like Donald Trump, focused on how things make him look, paying no mind to his own behavior or lack of accountability. He craves the spotlight while publicly shaming employees. 
He preaches and idolizes transparency, but has himself tried to hide firings or people quitting so that he doesn't look bad. Like what's been said, every problem here doubles for women. I've seen it happen. It will continue to happen. Leadership making Glassdoor reviews to defend itself by saying millennials just don't know what a workplace is should tell you all you need to know. Advice to management, don't behave how you behave. Be a person. Another great place to leave. Pros, free hummus, good location downtown. Uh, The concierge, lots of concierge. Working here is chaotic enough due to the company having zero processes and long-term plans. The projects are all short-term contracts and a random mix of topic areas. However, the only thing candidates really need to know about this company is what the reviews here have been saying for years. The CEO is an abusive megalomaniac whose incompetence drives away smart, hardworking people at all levels. As you can clearly gather from the activity on this site, the company is constantly undergoing, undergoing dysfunctional cycles of mass exodus, followed by struggles to hire enough talent and pressure employees to write fake positive reviews. Unfortunately, the CEO will never change, and his excuses have spanned, I'm the effing CEO, to the charade that he just has, quote, high standards. He does not have standards. He has whims and abuses employees who refuse to be intellectually dishonest by catering to them. Most of the company merely tolerates him and constantly wastes billable time figuring out how to work around his latest temper tantrum or unbelievably bad idea. And despite the ham-handed attempts to undermine truthful reviews here, I have never heard anyone refer to his approach as professorial. The most common description, and this critic's choice, is toddler-like. Also, the people who leave are generally talented and experienced professionals who can handle criticism. They're just tired of his constant hysteria. As the other reviews say, the CEO fans terrible rumors about current and former staff, highly inappropriate stuff like they were going to therapy or were fired when they actually quit. He's especially unstable with women to the point that some of the female staff ask not to meet with him alone, but he corners them privately anyway. There are absolutely no standard performance evaluations, let alone objective ones based on verifiable facts. Employees have tried countless times in good faith to approach these issues with him, but he denies any fault and simply doubles down. If you're a sane, smart, or good person, don't apply here. Yada, yada. And then this, this one wants to make it clear that it's not just women who are mistreated. He writes, terrible company for everyone. Says, I normally don't get involved in anonymous public review sites, but I feel compelled because of this other review. Uh, his said his experience was fairly negative, and most of the people that, that he would have used as references were either terminated or went elsewhere. Team is excellent. Even if the CEO seems sure he can do the job of everyone at this company better than the people he hired to do it. As a man, I never found that company had a fair and compassionate CEO. He always reminded us while we were there to do stuff that matters with people we care about. But of course, things that matter seems limited to whatever VA project his cronies would throw at him, and people we care about did not include people who disagreed with him. It's true that he drives people very hard, but has no clear idea about what he wants. It's also the True, he is the first person to point out you have a problem, even when he's the one who's caused it. He has a professional discussion style that rubbed me the wrong way. I hated it. Cons. 
Uh, says the company has hired some very young people. I wonder if the CEO thinks he can treat them however he wants because they have less experience. CEO is not accountable to his board. They exist solely as a set of big names. I've heard him raise his voice at employees multiple times, and we'd be surprised if anyone thought that was not true. He always wants more, which is why he contacts employees at all hours of the night and over the weekend. I think hiring people with limited experience quickly became a scapegoat for the CEO's failings as a manager and entrepreneur. And then, get this, there's this amazing review in late 2018. Here goes. Excellent company, especially for women. Pros. I normally do not get involved in anonymous public review sites. Very same wording, right? But I feel compelled in this case of because of what some of the other reviewers say. My experience at company was very positive, and I use them as a reference, which they always provide. The team is excellent, as other people have pointed out. As a woman, I have never dealt with a more fair and compassionate CEO. Okay, ding, ding, ding. I think she might have jumped the shark there. He always reminded us why we were there, to do stuff that matters with people we care about. It's true that he drives people very hard and has very clear ideas about what he wants. It's also true that he's the first person to help you solve a problem, even if you made the problem. He has a professorial discussion style that may rub some people the wrong way. I like it. I mean, why is this review so eerily reminiscent of the one before? And then it talks about hiring young people. Other reviewers might have limited experience. Uh, He says he's accountable, never heard him raise his voice. Uh, Hiring people with a limited experience may be the source of some anxiety. It's just totally bizarre. I have to return here to Miss CEO's thoughts because after the Donald Trump uh, post, he claims... I was subsequently accused in an anonymous post of canceling their agency and voting for President Trump. And then here here he actually says what he wished he had said, and he's taken this from another writer. Sages in many societies have converged on the insight that feelings are always compelling, but not always reliable. Often they distort reality, deprive us of insight, and needlessly damage our relationships. Happiness, maturity, and enlightenment require us to reject the untruth of emotional reasoning. I just, I'm sorry, I can't impose this on you anymore, so it goes on and on. That's the quote for what he wished he would say to somebody who apparently felt as though their uh, feelings had been hurt. Even though I don't see any of these reviewers talk about their feelings, but I guess when they complain about being yelled at, that could be interpreted that way. Okay, Mr. CEO now is back to his own words here. The sharp edges between background and experience, credentials and perspectives, religiosity and atheism, ethics and culture, and gender and race will inevitably puncture the anodyne bubble of the aggrieved online. At some point, the digerati will realize that their fleeting, endorphic satisfaction actually changes nothing of lasting value. It hurts our cause far more than it helps it. The drapery of digital oppression blocks the sunshine that reveals frail thinking and addictive habits like obsessively checking likes. I have to ask you, who on earth writes like this? Meanwhile, back on Glassdoor, reviews continue in 2019. 
Great company that lacks cybersecurity leadership and direction. Pros, you'll work with smart and talented people. Uh, this guy says the CEO was friendly, but he said he did nothing for seven to eight months and still got paid. Plenty of downtime to study for certifications, decent benefits, startup culture, flexibility, work from home, and free hummus. Cons, middle management knows very little about simple technologies or cyber-related concepts. Example, VMware versus file system, symmetric versus asymmetric encryption. I can go on. It's bad. Minimal opportunity for growth. I did very little related to cybersecurity throughout my time at company. It was more like clerical work. I requested work several times. However, it seemed as though I got ignored. I never thought I would write something like this, he says. My opinion seemed to be dismissed and not matter when it came to cyber-related issues. Prepare to be bored, left out of meetings that could benefit you and the company, and do work that holds little value to the company and the customer. Prepare to help new staff install remedial software. You'll have to inquire about yearly evaluations as well as pay raises, again with the evaluations. Mm. I experienced a fair amount of passive-aggressive comments, and remarks from management toward the end of my career. The work-from-home PTO policy seems to apply differently. Advice to management. And he has a long piece here, actually, that's very thoughtful, but I won't go through it all. But he says, it's no coincidence that the company lost three cybersecurity professionals within three months. Uh, he says, there's a lot of turnover, and the experts who could really drive the cyber program forward are not being used correctly, if at all. And be just being able to write white papers about cyber-related theories does not help retain cybersecurity professionals and enthusiasts. Oh, here's another review. Boredom or chaos. There's disorganization, lack of direction, lack of leadership. Some are overworked. Some are never consulted. He said the leadership team's disingenuous. The CEO tends to alienate and insult women on a regular basis, which is a pretty well-known and accepted cultural norm. Another one, great coworkers, poor management, often had no work to do or work that could be done over eight hours, not 40. They're focused on looking for work and not focused on the internal people. Maybe they're focused on looking for workers. CEO has repeatedly talked down to women and many have left the company on bad terms. Advice to management, the amount of people leaving the company and feeling compelled to write reviews says stuff about the company. To move forward, this should be addressed and looked at. Another one, terrible leadership, CEO and COO need to go. Uh, it says, great working environment for someone who doesn't want to be tracked. There's no accountability, free food, PTO, work from home. Difficult to track progress as you can get lost in the shuffle. Just act like you're busy and you'll be fine. Cons, where to begin? The CEO is an egotistical control freak. The COO is just a sounding board for the CEO who's always questioning right from wrong. If it were not for the past lucky contracts they've had to help sustain their business, they would have and should have closed their doors years ago. They both have to go, period. They act like when they care when they don't, as they cannot be trusted in the long run. They're also so fake when it comes to real business opportunities as there is no process. They're flying by the seat of their pants and hang on for a bumpy ride. Advice to management. Have the board of directors cut off funding for this run-of-the-mill operation. Take a closer look as it is all a pipe dream trying to get off the ground after five years. Another one, you do not want to work here. Pros, good location downtown. Cons, oh my goodness, this thing's huge. Entire company suffers under the weight of a mean and extremely incompetent CEO. Where do I even begin? 
He plays employees against each other by gossiping, often blatant falsehoods, asking others what specific people think about him, asking people he trusts to be his allies, and trying to quell any sentiment against him. He lies to his employees about other employees, chalking up mass exoduses of employees as his doing instead. He doesn't have a shred of self-awareness. When things go well, it's always his genius. When they go poorly, it's the ineptitude of the people beneath him. He makes himself out to be blameless in literally every situation, be it a culture that fosters blatant misogyny or failure to properly deliver on a product or project. He screams, he insults people constantly, Everything's always their fault. Nothing is his. I've never worked in an environment where so many people have cried because the CEO is so stubborn in his persistence to break down people's characters. His approach to work is totally, is absolutely totalizing, whatever that means, although it sounds kind of good. He will call employees late in the night, long after they've left the office, even on weekends, to gossip or vent about his problems and inability to maintain a culture that worships him. He expects emotional labor from his employees, but lashes out at them regardless. Advice. Stop treating everyone like they are disposable. Every single person on the leadership team, CEO, COO, and CTO especially, needs to realize you are doing more harm than good. Another review. Falling apart. The values are a sham. He says, it started out really great with the snacks and nice people. Then I realized it was just a show. Projects are understaffed, which leaves the few of us there to do work that we do not even know how to do and makes everyone overworked. Then management decides it'd be funny to remind us this is the best job we'll ever had. They actually said that. All the talk about corporate values and the company stands for is a sham. Excellence, if you think by that the CEO micromanaging the margins on your PowerPoint slides, joy, They think that having a keg in the office is joyful, and weird happy hours where we go drink and pretend this is all okay. The 50-plus hours you'll be spending working during the week on top of a handful of hours dedicated to stressing out because of something management told you are not joyful. Profit, pay disparity is a real problem. Women are not paid as much as men. Many people are overpaid. Then finally, uh, one from November. We'll end on this one. Great company to grow in. It says no cons at the moment. The thing that struck me was how consistent and articulate and insightful the reviews are. I mean, I feel like, don't you feel as though you have a sense of what this company is like? Well, Mr. CEO disagrees. He actually writes in this article what he wants his Glassdoor review to say. He says, I want teammates in all sincerity to say... This is one of the world's most enviable companies whose technological splendors lie open and unrestricted to all its colleagues. We may never again have a position that connects such a rich experience and professional exposure to positive impact on society. We should exploit the privilege. We should exploit the opportunity. We are supervised by well-meaning, compassionate leaders whose highest purpose is our long-term interests and who only want the company to thrive. We should study, write, code, and immerse ourselves in the knowledge that surrounds us. We should apply ourselves with everything we have so that we, too, can be even better prepared for an intellectually rich and commercially productive life. Well... I guess I'd have to say, so far, 
You're falling short of that. Good job with the hummus, though. People seem to like that. Now in the article, he gets to his point that this is all Glassdoor's fault. In other words, objective truth, social justice, and spiritual growth are and must be our most noble aspirations. Platforms like Glassdoor amplify an open microphone used to promote tension, exploitation, and manufactured conflict. It is in all our interest to recognize that and compel sites like this to repair the damage they cause and continue to create. Their technology attracts real attention to artificial depravities at the compounding cost of diminished joy, unfulfilled excellence, and muted impact. This kind of social media brings out the worst in us. It enables contributors to hide behind a thin veil of synthesized oppression because their policies indemnify the hosts from truth. Moreover, their income is fueled by fear disguised as prudence and unhinged outrage masquerading as a dutiful warning. We should resist the temptations and reflexes that irrationally destroy beauty of proven ideas, of altruism, of trust, because of misplaced ideologies to which we are all vulnerable, insecurities we all share, apparently, and ambitions we all harbor. And he closes his uh, article here. Truth, justice, and growth all require real engagement and actual dialogue, the antithesis of click-by shootings committed by gangs of the discontented. Even a meager attempt at validation and authenticity would help to celebrate the spread of anaerobic dead zones full of the dumped garbage they collect and curate for profit. Huh. I also feel as though we now have a pretty good sense of what the CEO is like and that you wouldn't want to work at his company. So setting aside the idea that Glassdoor is to blame for all of this for a moment, let's pretend, what would you do if you were a board member and you actually did want to help this individual? I've seen some pretty bad CEOs in my time. And I think some of the criticisms about the lack of technical expertise probably stung and that he may partly uh, be reacting to that. And one of the things I'll say, having worked in biotech for so many years where we did have many founder CEOs, is it's no shame to step aside as a CEO when you've been a founder. A lot of times you just discover that you don't have the skills that you need to be a leader of a larger organization. And as a founder, as a working founder, you may find that you enjoy your work more and that you can still bring a lot of expertise and value to the company and and help it be successful. So consider stepping aside as CEO, but remaining as a working founder. If for whatever reason that's not possible, I'd certainly consider bringing in an experienced COO and have HR report to that individual and not to the CEO. With the level of dysfunction that these reviews imply, I would also consider bringing in an ombudsman, or like the one reviewer said, some sort of counselor or mediator. This idea of an ombudsman, I think it's really interesting, and I hope to have my friend Selena come back to talk about um, how you would set up such a program. You know, people don't want to vent on Glassdoor if there are things that can be resolved internally first. That's a mistake to think that they're going on Glassdoor to do a gotcha. Employees want their companies to be successful, and they'll give the management a chance to set things right if they think that there's hope. 
And these employees, my sense is they were definitely just at their wits end. Also, you know, I wouldn't give the employees so much power that they can manipulate you like this, that they can post something and then watch your reaction. It's just you're giving your power away. And then finally, please stop reading reviews. Don't respond and don't write articles about them, especially an article like that. You sound like a dick. So... My lovely listeners, I don't know if in the end such a person would benefit from coaching. It's something that we always think about, right, when you see someone like that. But maybe if somebody gave him some tough love, but I wouldn't give it a high chance of probability, just judging from the character that we see. People have to want to change. And I don't know about this guy. I'd be interested in what you all think, though. I did go look at the composition of his board because how could I not after that? Now, surprisingly, Mr. CEO was not also the chair, which is a good start for a a better board composition. But they do seem to have quite a few Washington types on the board. There are a couple of board members on the capital side that might have some idea how to develop uh, company culture. So maybe there's hope. And we can hope that over time, we will see those Glassdoor reviews improve for this company and that things get better for the people who work there. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. In keeping with the new year, we'll be changing our format somewhat as the show has evolved. We'll continue to address work-related problems, but in our second year, we'll be going beyond just an advice show to talk about work trends, labor laws, economics, interesting companies, as well as pranks, bad bosses, and more screw-ups at work. If you have a question about a work-related issue or a comment about the show, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website discreetguide.com. That's D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T. And at that website, you can also sign up for The Pergola, a digital publication that comes out every other month, and get information about training programs, books, consulting sessions, articles, jokes, and resources, all for us to work better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces. And thanks for listening. New shows will be available every Tuesday and sometimes Friday. Tune in so you can hear more about Trouble at Work.